Welcome to the Gary Gallagher Law Hour. Attorney Gary Gallagher and his firm have represented thousands of Hawaii workers and families during more than 35 years practice throughout the islands. Whether helping countless workers exposed to asbestos unknowingly in their jobs, filing suit against gas companies for unfair local pricing, or representing the state of Hawaii and winning a settlement against big tobacco, the Gallagher Law Firm helps fight for consumer advocacy and fair play for the people of Hawaii. No kopono on your behalf. Now, Gary and his team are here to take the mystery out of what they do and answer your legal questions. So here's the host of our show, Mike Buck and Hawaii attorney, Gary Gallagher. Aloha and welcome everybody to the Gallagher Law Hour. Like the man said, I'm Mike Buck. Glad to have you with us today. This is actually part two of a program that we did uh, last week. Uh, involving for the first time, and we hope certainly not for the last time, uh, Coach Vince Gu. Now, many of you know Coach Gu as the very successful multi-year coach of the volleyball, I mean the basketball, Wahine basketball program at University of Hawaii, but he's been around at all levels of coaching, and he's a real asset to our conversation. Now, this conversation is all about uh, concussion management, and and we're going to explain that a concussion is pretty hard to uh, to ignore. I mean, a kid gets knocked out. That's a concussion. But there's all kinds of other things that happen in between. And I know that one of the deals that you hear on this program, brought to you by Gallagher Law, is that the, the Gallagher Law team is a team that is that goes out and, and gets uh, court cases going for people that have been injured or killed or uh, had something wrong with them. This is something that the Gallagher Foundation is also involved in. We're going to go back now, not just to the NFL to where players die from, from head injuries and brain injuries. But we're going to go down to the basic little kid playing pickup football in, in, a, in a grade school and getting uh, uh, damage that he's going to carry with him for the rest of the life. And I, and I know that, Gary, one of the hardest things is to differentiate in a listener's mind what's the Gallagher Foundation and what's the Gallagher I'm going to get you law firm, you know, because your team is a litigate, you're a litigation attorney. And I, I think it would be interesting for people to know, once again, what got you interested in looking way back at the early part of these injuries to little children? You're certainly not doing a class action lawsuit on behalf of, you know, grade schoolers. What you're talking about is, is much more serious. But where did you find out or where did you start to realize that, wait a minute, this is a lot bigger than a couple of football players dying? Well, you know, my history is I have done... Uh, lots of things in my past, but one of the things is I taught special education in Haleiwa for four years. And part of that training was we went and uh, did a field trip to Waimano Home. And up at the top of Waimano Home, there's kids that are severely, or adults that are severely um, brain injured, or in the old terms when I was teaching school, was retarded. But the long and short of it is, you can only take so much away from a human being in their brain than them still be human by mm -hmm. most standards. They look like human, but really not. And the idea that you can engage in a sport for entertainment that would cause that process to start uh, and injure the brain is just really hard to understand. Mm -hmm. And once I figured that out, a research that was done, there was a great series of articles in the New York Times on a Bogart, a, um, an enforcer started out in Canada, uh, Canadian League, and then came to the United States, but he ended up dying at only age 28. 
Mm. And when they autopsied his brain, he had this chronic traumatic encephalopathy and just from repeated fights. And it was so graphic, the story and his downhill spiral personally and addictions and pain medications mm. and everything. And he couldn't play hockey for beans, but he could fight like hell. Mm -hmm. So that's why he, he got paid big money. But the idea that we did that and allowed that to happen to someone, it was just, I just, it was grisly. I had a hard time getting out of my mind. And then when you see the association with football to where the autopsy, the brains of players, and it was like, you know, 98% of them um, that have been autopsied at Boston University plus have chron chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Let, let, me, let me make sure that people understand something really cool about this. I learned this when we first started talking about this whole subject, that this was only able to be determined when somebody had died. Oh, yeah. You can go in there and you can do an autopsy and find this, but what about leading up to it? Well, this is the sad part. Mm -hmm. The uh, factoid is my... Uh, trusty legal assistant, IT Brainiac, points out, is when they autopsy kids as young as adolescents mm -hmm. and play football, they can find evidence of this. The NFL has done everything they can to put their finger on the scale mm -hmm. to say there is no association with long-term mm -hmm. neurocognitive decline as a result of repeated sub-concussive hits, and that's just false. Now that the word is coming out, uh, players are figuring it out and all the way down the pipeline. Um, and it's tragic from the standpoint that Junior Seau uh, committed suicide, shot himself in the chest so his brain could be autopsied, mm -hmm. sure enough. And there's all these patterns uh, and associations that become apparent. And they're now trying to move the research towards there might be bio biomarkers why someone is alive. Uh, but it seems to me it's just unfair that the NFL can make billions of dollars and, and just grind the players into the dirt and then deny that it's related to the sport itself. My take on all of this is even though we litigate for injuries and people with brain injuries and mm -hmm. automobile accidents or defective products and um, paralysis and all of that, if you can avoid all this in the first place. So what I got concerned about is the policies that we've implemented. And here in Hawaii, why can't we take the vanguard uh, position and try to shape the policies? We have one unified school district statewide. We have fabulous research being done up at the University of Hawaii at HCAMP, the group. Uh, we're already leading the way. Uh, let's keep the ball rolling and just make the game safer. I don't want to kill the game football. I want to see it just made safer so our kids aren't just fodder for the big industry that makes billions of dollars on Monday Night Football, boom, because yeah, of the Yeah, Wang, or, or as we're going to find out from Coach Gu and certainly Coach Price, Katoos. Well, the, the good news is later on in the program, we're going to let you know how you can get your hands on a booklet called Brain health and sports injury. This is uh, put out by Gallagher, DeRobertus, and Waxman. It's free. We're going to tell you why you might want to get a copy of this down the road. But all 50 states currently have some form of a concussion management uh, and policy initiated by athletes that are 18 and below. That's the good news. Uh, the bad news is that a lot of these little injuries 
weren't before able to be measured. We're going to talk about that, how it's going to come too. But it, we want to bring uh, uh, Coach Vince Gu back into this because Coach Gu has coached sports at a lot of different levels and a lot of different sports. And I guess if there would be anybody, Coach, going back uh, to, that's been willing, as I guess good coaches do, it's change their mind from time to time. You've had a, 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 a gentle, not gentle, an osmosis over what you think should be done in coaching what should be done in injuries. You know, uh, my growing up, my I had two brothers, mm-hmm. and my father did not allow us to play football, pop Warner football. We we played, you know, touch football, sure, and you know, freeze punt, you know, and uh, and then we'd go down the neighborhood and go challenge, tackle football. Mm-hmm. You get a headache, you get a little dizzy, but mm-hmm. he thought it wasn't wasn't a wasn't a good idea to be playing football because of dra- brain injuries, and there was no studies back then. And so I got three sons, and mm-hmm. two of them, I let two of them play Pop Warner football through high school. Mm-hmm. And little did I know then, but what I know now, I probably would be in the same um, thought processes yeah. of my dad, not letting my, my sons play. So my grandsons, I, I hope they, they never play the game. Cause it, yeah, which is kind of a shame because, you know, you want people to experience a game. But unfortunately, up until at least now, there haven't been enough precautions, enough you know, enough checks and balances put into the system so that you can either observe or take a kid out before he gets hurt. That's right, and I, I think we're getting there education-wise. Um, all of the OIA schools have mm-hmm. trainers. Mm-hmm. I know Neil Tuckmore, the former athletic director of McKinley High School, was kind of like a leader and a, a, mm-hmm. a spearheaded um, getting the funding for, for this. And with the trainers, I, I think that they bring the education and they they put a priority on the the health and welfare of their yeah. student athletes. And you know, uh, Gary, the the interesting thing about this is that when you get to the other end of the spectrum, like some of the cases and families that you've been involved in uh, of the other part of your law business, is that the the cumulative effect of all of these things is just horrific when you find out about this. It's pretty easy to see how many times somebody got while they were an NFL player a concussion. Because that's got a definition, right? But all these other things that are probably in some total way more damaging than, than the real concussions because it's so many, so often, for so long, undetected. No, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, we're all bringing each other along with our anecdotes, but also the scientific data and what it's, what's, what's being revealed. But what's being revealed is the helmet is the image of safety and it's just the opposite it encouraged mm. violence to the head and in the old school tackling spearing as they would call yeah. it all of that if we take that out of the game you know i would think i'll be the optimist and maybe we can make it safe er and it's safe enough that kids can, our parents can think about having the kids continue to play but right now there is um, a sad dichotomy in that educated people are tending to discourage your kids from playing, whereas less educated or the lower socioeconomic groups are mm-hmm. still flourishing because it's, let's face it, it's, uh, the socioeconomics and where you can really make mm-hmm. money, sports is a real standout. So it's, it's. But it's such a tease. I mean, you know, when you figure out how many kids are really going to get into the NBA or the NFL or the Major League Baseball, it's such a small number that so many thousands of dreams are smashed on the wayside. And a lot of these kids get 
stuff that they carry with them for the rest of their life. It prevents them from having a good life because they're hurt in, in, no matter what field they go into. No, but still, I mean, I'm, I'm not raining on the sport itself. <clears throat> I want to just make it safer, and that's why I'm really anxious to talk to uh, Coach Gu, Vince Gu, again, on uh, thinking about how we can get leadership involved to make the right decisions for Hawaii because hey, we all love sports. We love to, you know, families get to cheer and, and celebrate with their kids. That's normal. We mm -hmm. want that. But let's know what we're doing. Let's not, you know, it's not like chickens fight in there, but mm -hmm. instead of chickens, you have kids whacking each other in the head. Uh, let's Let's make it safe or all the other sports or get... Uh, football on track where it's more in line with the risk involved. You know, Coach, I, I think dropping in on this is important because let me tell you mm -hmm. why. We all know that there's certain, say, companies in the in the in the private sector that say no zero tolerance for this for drugs, zero tolerance for that, whatever whatever it is. What we're looking at is having to come up with a code that is similarly designed for coaches, trainers, and doctors. Now, you've come from a, a group that uh, got into that at the end of your uh, coaching the, the Wahine basketball team. You had a doctor, you had a trainer, and you told us in a previous program that instead of it going from the top down, you took it from the bottom up. In other words, your trainer or your doctor told you if a kid should play or not. Exactly, and I think that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. And I would joke with them. But I would mention it once, the beginning of every season. Mm. I won't tell you what to do mm. medically speaking as a trainer or a doctor. And you guys don't tell me how to coach basketball. What about the... So I, I'll stay with the game and they stay with you know, their expertise and, mm. and we work fine. What about the, the statement I made earlier so you can maybe shore it up a little bit. That a concussion by definition that in the broad sense of the word is you, you're knocked out. But how many times have you seen a kid dingy? You know, they're not down, but they're they're kind of loopy for a little while. Isn't that what we got to keep an eye on? Well, years ago, mm -hmm. um, we we got very concerned when a player fell on the floor in basketball mm -hmm. and hit his or her head on the floor. That sound is awful. And, yeah, and, and yeah. so we get you know uh, there, there, there's a lot of concern, but that was it. But you know, a, a few years later, you know, just a forearm or an elbow to the head or mm -hmm. a you know, a, a, a bloody nose, yeah, sustained bloody yeah. nose from a, from an elbow. Today, they they consider a concussion uh, protocol when, when that happens. So, I, I think uh, great strides have been made in the safety. Don't don't your players hit each other's heads all the time inadvertently? All the there's all the there's contact yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right. You know, Gary, what about this? I, I know if you, this would be old school, but I remember back in the day where there, the coach or the trainer would have smelling salts. Or, or a ammo or something. They bust open this capsule and you're back in the game. That's out. You know, I mean, isn't that exactly what we're talking about? The cumulative effect of masking a condition so that you can still play is what caused death. Oh, no, that's mm -hmm. where you're know, finding that concussions, that's what everybody associates, you know, the brain injury, a traumatic brain injury with. But that can be passing or that mm -hmm. can be serious, serious, serious. But it's like the tip of the iceberg in that that's one index or indices, whereas uh, some statistics show there's over 2,240 hits per season for a professional player that causes uh, some degree of injury to the brain. And the same chemical process is unleashed to heal itself in sub 
concussive injuries mm -hmm. as in concussions. And that's serious stuff that takes days or weeks to resolve. And if you get a second concussion while the first one's still healing, it can be devastating and huge problems. So we need to make football safer by getting the helmet out of the game somehow. Sooner yeah. rather than later, the con studies show that if they don't practice with helmets, the concussion numbers will plummet. You know, Coach Vince, when you know at UH and I guess anywhere else you've been, I'm sure it's common for the coaches to get together in the in the break room at the cafeteria or something, and and all of these things come up. Um, are we going to be able to say have a steadfast rule about when something happens, determined by somebody that it's not? Maybe we should take the kid out, but this kid's out. I think it's going to come from the top, mm -hmm. which is, in this instant, I would say it comes from the athletic director. Okay. And he sets the guidelines. He sets the rules. You as a coach, we're mm -hmm. going to follow these guidelines. And if you, you break those guidelines, break those rules, uh, then consequences are, are going to occur. Mm -hmm. and, and if all of the coaches follow the same rules and guidelines, then I, I think it, it'll be beneficial to the student-athlete. But you, you get one, yeah. one coach that wants to win yeah. more games because they got to play these players to get that. You mentioned in a previous program that we did last time that, that there were sometimes frustrating for you as a coach when playing, say, an away game with your Wahini and you get somebody that's not calling the the bad calls on the other guys or they're not calling the bad calls at all. Uh, let's talk about that too because that's the officiating is just an important part of the the prevention of these injuries as the coaching or the training or the doctoring. Well, if you let rough play go, physical mm -hmm. play, there's more chance of injury. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, I think that's a responsibility on, on the on the referees and the officials. You know, they need mm -hmm. to control the game. Gary, we're we're looking at a mountain of, of of jobs to be done, and a whole bunch a whole bunch of soul searching by a lot of leaders to determine. Okay, we're going to get into this. I mean, you, you need a domino effect, right? You need every athletic director, say in the in the Mountain West, to agree about this. Or and and we're talking about thousands of teams all over the country. I'm not worried about those. I'm worried about here in Hawaii. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm not worried mm -hmm. about things I can't fix. I mean, sad about what's going on there, but I can't fix. Mm -hmm. We can have some influence. I'm trying my best, and I welcome ideas and suggestions and future guests on the show or events here today to help me think through who mm -hmm. we can uh, bring on and who we can get involved because, because of the uniqueness of Hawaii, our sense of mm -hmm. community. It's not fungible. It's not someplace else. It's here. Everybody cares. Everybody loves sports and follows it. And we have one unified school district. In order to avoid liability, the school district and the private school is going to have to take the path towards the best practices. Mm -hmm. I would like to see that mandatory to where they voluntarily say, yes, we'll do that and we'll stay abreast mm -hmm. current research. And to avoid liability, they will do that. And likewise, with respect to retired officials from the NFL, mm. they got to see what's going on, and they know what's behind the scenes mm. and all the Pilau stuff. Retired players behind the scenes, mm. they know what goes on, uh, what's gone on. And the ones that are, you know, like John Wilbur, wonderful person, fabulous personality, exciting, everything. 
his side of uh, end of his life was tragic, mm-hmm. just tragic. To avoid that, nobody would want to wish that on anybody. And it kind of happens younger and younger. The younger players start playing football, and the more hits they take, the more severe the damage is. And you get kids in the college after great prep school, promising, and then they just, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. out under the park bench, and they get all the bad things start to spiral down. And it's the traumatic brain injury. And it's not apparent or it doesn't become obvious until there's an autopsy. And it's tragic, but it's, it can be mm. apparent as early as in the teen years. You when know, somebody Coach. Somebody dies in their, co- in their autopsy. Coach, what about this? I mean, you know, we are good athletes in Hawaii. And maybe there's a number of contributing factors. It might be the multi-ethnicity of us all, but it also might be just the weather. Just the fact that in your sport, your chosen sport with the Wahine was basketball. I mean, where else, except in places like Hawaii, can a kid shoot hoops all year? Well, go to another state where it snows for three or yeah. four, four months out of the year. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what are they going to do? Yeah. They're, they're not, they don't have an ocean, so they're not surfing. Mm-hmm. They're not playing basketball on the outdoor court. Mm-hmm. The gym is being used for wrestling or, or yeah. some other mm-hmm. sports, and uh, they just don't have the options. And, and I think all of this is um, money-driven. Sure. The NFL, money. The pro NFL players, money. Mm-hmm. Okay, you you start off young and and you develop, it becomes a full ride scholarship, mm-hmm. money, and this is what's I think driving driving everything. Well, but I think they need to change the game, like Gary said, mm-hmm. because in boxing, what if the pro boxing wore headgears, and they wear headgears during practice because they mm-hmm. don't want to get hurt, but they take it off during their their regular matches. But look at the amateur boxing; yeah. they all wear headgears. And that might have something to do with prevention. I don't know. You know, you would think that that would be a sport where there'd be a whole bunch of concussions. But the opposite is true, especially with the young kids. They got those huge gloves and those big headgears. So it really becomes a, you know, a swatting contest for a while. But I'm kind of worried about some of the other stuff. So let's, let's take another look at this. And maybe as a coach, maybe you can reach out and look at other coaches and say, look, if we do this because of the way that we are structured athletically, everybody's a pretty level playing field statewide, uh, and yet our kids excel, what about what sort of an agreement would have to be made from, you said AD is where it starts, right? The Correct. athletic yes. director. Yes. And then the coaches at, yeah. all of the, at, all, at all of the sports. I'll tell you how you can solve all of this if you have every single coach that has a philosophy of, they don't go to class. Mm-hmm. They don't play. Instead of one or two or three coaches having yeah. that philosophy. What if all the coaches believed in that? What if all the coaches felt that I'm yeah. going to leave it to my trainer, my doctors, to make the call on whether a kid plays or not or re-enters the game after injury? Mm-hmm. If we have all of the coaches with that philosophy, I, I think we'll... we'll Um, do so much more for uh, the health and safety of our students. Yeah, and what we need to do, Gary, we need to blow Coach Goose Horn a little bit because he's a unique coach among coaches. There are a lot of coaches that they don't care what the graduation rate is. They don't care if a kid's in in, in class or not. They just want to get the brightest and the best on the field to win games. That, that either makes their career go further or makes, you know, something happen at that level. So talk about the value of getting Vince Gu on board and his friends on board so that the rest of the guys that might be marginal coaches realize, hey, wait a minute, maybe we all, maybe we just got to think a little bit differently going forward. Oh, no, I think, you know, it's like people marvel, you know, Marcus Mariota is doing so well, but 
part of it is just his personality. Mm -hmm. What a marvelous job, you know, yeah. coming out of St. Louis and how great that is for Hawaii. He's just a model person. And I would think that paradigm shift and, you know, Vince is thinking if it were more universal amongst coaches, and especially maybe UH, we have a hard time competing because of the price of travel and everything. But if the parents really knew, they send their kids to UH they're gonna, for athletics, mm. they're going to get a good education. And that's mm. the bottom line because 90% of kids, once they're piled with athletics at college, that's it. And that's what we should really strive for. And everything else, yeah. I think, will fall in place. L look at you, Coach Gu. I mean, look at all of the gals that you've coached and all of the you know, boys and girls and, and young people you've coached. When it comes back later, when somebody's a doctor or a teacher or a realtor or a surgeon or a manager, that they, they, they attribute their coaches, they attribute their sport, but they didn't expect to make a living out of that sport. Right. You know, um, we, we got one... one uh, former player who uh, referees she goes to the NCAA tournament mm -hmm. final four does the WNBA games and she went on you know in the sport mm -hmm. um, not playing but as a referee and we've had other players go into coaching but we have doctors mm -hmm. and and attorneys and uh, we're pretty successful in whatever they do mm -hmm. yeah. one, one of the things that I want to make sure that you know uh, the program is being brought to you by uh, Gallagher Law. That's GallagherLaw.com. And one of the really interesting recent publications is a, a brochure called Brain, Heal, Brain Health and Sports Injury. And some of the things that are outlined in there that have been lined out are so interesting and they seem so much a no-brainer. Excuse the expression because we're talking about brains here, Gary. But if we had what you're reaching out to do, annual training for coaches, for trainers, for team doctors, uh, for, for parents to be able to see, wouldn't that put a step in, in the right direction? And wouldn't that have to be mandatory? In other words, if you're going to be in the school district, if your school is going to compete athletically with all of these other schools, this is how you have to, con this is how you have to control your teams and your, and your coaches. No, I mean, that's the, the very idea. It's amazing when you talk to people, I talk a lot, oh, you can't change that, it's this. I mean, even, even physicians and surgeons, uh, neurosurgeons say, oh, you know, you can't change that. And they know the answer, whereas mm. I, I don't take that position. Mm. I think if, if the parents know what I know, uh, or the parents know what I can bring some resources, they're gonna make good decisions for their kids. And it's a, it's a group effort and nobody's got all the answers and anybody pretends it's black or white or yes and no and everything that's it's not it's much much more complex than that but just because it's complex just because it's difficult doesn't mean we can't take it mm -hmm. on we just need to be patient and take it on the right way and get the best ideas and suggestions from the whole ohana or our team here in hawaii talk talk about when you first conceived this of the interesting stakeholders that have come out of the woodwork that are really either competitors or certainly not kissing cousins with each other, but they have this mutual interest in that is getting together. I'm not mildly surprised. I'm flabbergasted at the number of players that are already wanting to, to be part of this, this awareness campaign that you're creating. Oh, it is. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of injured players out there that have made it to the highest levels, and the, mm -hmm. especially pro players. And a lot of them are our coaches these days, but because of their own job security and their own interests, they're not out there. And, you know, it's, it's astounding to believe that with the wonderful research we have uh, with uh, H-Camp and uh, Bill Tsushima doing the, the data that 
you know, there's a private school mm. here in Honolulu that mm. does not reveal the number of concussions they have. Yeah. Isn't that astounding? Yes, it All is. All the other yeah. schools yeah. statewide do. You know, that would have to be, if you're going to play in this league, or if you're going to play with these kids, you have to come, that information's got to be, got to be out there. You got to yeah. be honest with mm. the players, the parents, the coaches, everybody. How are you going to mm. make it safer for everybody? You don't reveal that stuff. Are you hiding a skeleton in the closet? Mm. What's wrong? <laughs> Bring it out. <laughs> you know, there there is an interesting thing. You can run, but you can't hide from the finger of the law, right? Eventually, that's that's supposed to be. Well, what you it get is. some dinosaur mm. that you know doesn't coach right or follow the latest and best evidence. Mm. You know, they are putting their institution in a vulnerable position for no good reason. Coach Gould, what is the the, the, the the fabric or the thread that you see in in a good coach and, and how one good coach can influence another one? And maybe every now and again, when you guys collectively see somebody that's acting a little bit outside, how you can bring them into the mainstream? Um, I know coaches, mm-hmm. and they're going to say the right things, but the bottom line is do they follow through? Yeah. You know, you might have coaches saying, hey, academics is the number one important thing for our program. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Time will tell. Show me the numbers, right? Show Health me. and wellness yeah. of my student athletes, number one thing. Mm-hmm. Ohana. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. So um, it, it, it comes, to, comes, comes to the public, and mm-hmm. they'll find out after, after a, a time. After well, you know, you, you mentioned yourself. That you, you know, your your dad wouldn't let you guys play football, you and your brothers. But, you know, it turned out that later on you allowed your boy to play football. You know, um, did you feel better about the milieu that he was in? Or is it is it maybe a parent really wants a kid to be able to do something and do well at it, almost at the expense of, well, I know you're a little bit dizzy, but go ahead, give it your best shot. Well, you, you kind of, you always want your your own children to have, what you didn't have, mm, yeah. and like I said, if yeah. I if I what I know now, I would never have let them, yeah. you know, uh, play pop Warner, or all the way through yeah. high school. And you know, they didn't play college football. Mm-hmm. They didn't go to the NFL. And but, do you think they have some residual effect? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out later. Well, that's the problem. You know, Gary uh, has explained uh, that. It's 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 real easy to find out later when the, when there's when there's a slab when somebody's on a slab in the morgue, of what put them there. But you know what what outside what, for instance, how do you explain to somebody? Says, Gary, what are you talking about? What is this CTE? What does it mean? The uh, no, it, it takes some explaining. It depends mm-hmm. on who's asking the question and why. Uh, with respect to uh, Vance and and what he had made, he used to, it's an intensely personal decision. And it's really interesting, especially with guys in football. It's almost like a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So much mm-hmm. pride and, you know, macho. And, you know, you're, you're, it's like mm-hmm. you're proving yourself. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, you know, there's other ways to prove yourself other than getting brain damage. Mm-hmm. And that's not apparent. Most people think you put on the helmet and all the pads and everything, you're bulletproof. Anything but. It. All that allows is the collisions to go on at full tilt. 20 miles an hour versus 5 miles an sure. hour if you know how, don't have the stuff. So that's what I want to do is just get the word out there, get the, uh, the science on it. And once science is, is good, it sheds a light. And whether it's good, bad, and different, it shows what's really there. But I, I'm confident in Hawaii with the great coaching and trainers we've had, uh, 
we're moving it in the right direction. You know, I, I think I, I want to maybe make sure that we differentiate once again, uh, Coach Gu, that this seems to be an equal opportunity malady. In other words, it's across a lot of sports. It's not just football with the helmets. It's your Wahine volleyball, I mean, basketball players, the Wahine volleyball players. Uh, I was shocked to learn from Gary a couple programs ago that one of the big disease, one of the big problems here is things like jujitsu female jiu-jitsu the highest gary you said that was the highest incidence of of cte why the my take on it is the architecture of the female wahini brain and the skull that it resides in is different than the male i think it's more subject to the lateral forces Mm -hmm. that that cause or the great Mm -hmm. cause of uh, the traumatic brain injury or the concussions and as a neurosurgeon explained to me is yeah, when the guy gets up and he's walking and he gets mm-hmm. up and he's what it is is a white brain matter has sheared and it's trying to re- make connections mm-hmm. so you can figure out where you're going where you're mm-hmm. navigating severe stuff going inside the coconut one we've, we've all seen people oh, yeah. with that look on their face right and I mean it can be a simple matter of walking into a cupboard in your kitchen and you get this dizzy feeling. Well, I mean, you've had a small example of what a big hit in the head is. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's serious stuff. And um, I'm all in favor of sports. I'm all in favor of even football. But I just want it to be done intelligently. I don't want it to be, you know, it's like, you know, flying the airplane in, in the clouds with no instruments. You don't do it. Mm. Uh, you can do it safe if you know what you're doing. Yeah. And I think tweaking of the rules and you know primarily taking the helmet away during practice and tweaking the direction of travel and maybe accelerometers and people that can bring down quarterbacks with a minimum impact on the Richter scale mm. should be able to allow to play whereas the Jim McMahon's that turn somebody upside down and slam them on the ground they're mm. out they're out yeah and that Plain pile driver out. that we talked about that in the previous show and and coach I think that another reason why you're your input is so valuable to this discussion, is that you have, on, on a general rule over decades, interact with coaches in all sports. And the common thread is, right, they got to win a game, but they also now are starting to hopefully be a little bit more responsible for wh- what risk their athletes are at. That won't happen until everyone is on the level playing field mm-hmm. and they all follow the guidelines and the rules. And... Does that mean that we're lucky here in Hawaii because we have the framework for that and that our school system is As Gary one mentioned, system? We're yeah. under one umbrella, and mm-hmm. um, he played by the rules, or it, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. it won't happen. And and look at rugby; um, they don't wear any pads, they mm-hmm. don't wear any helmets, and they do all their tackling like from the side with the shoulder and pulling people down. Uh, there's studies on rugby concussions. Well, it's a fraction, a small Compared fraction to, of football. Because, and, and yet, you know what's incredibly interesting, and I don't know if Coach Gu uh, knows about, but we're talking about John Wilbur, who he certainly did know from all of his sidelining at UH football. But John Wilbur was a quintessential rugby player. And he a lot did of both. These, he yeah, and both. he played well in and it's true. You see these teams coming from New Zealand and from all over the country come to play rugby here and they're they're that's a tough sport, but oh, there doesn't yeah. seem to be the same number of people getting knocked out in that sport. No, it's not. It's yeah. that, you no, know, you look at the, the the comparison between concussions or head injuries and rugby, it's a small fraction of what it is in football. It's because of the helmet of perception that you know, you can get away with hitting head to head or mm-hmm. spearing or all these other things that have to do with helmet, and it does anything but protect it. 
it like it's like taking the governor off the mm. engine. You yeah. go race as fast as a car can go. When when coach when you and I were younger, coach Goo, that soccer was like what's that, you know? And then every all the parents started saying soccer is the greatest because the kids it's it's not very much equipment and everything else. But then we found out these soccer players are hitting this ball all the time. And they're getting concussions. And they're with getting the, concussions. The and that, that ball's coming from a long distance with a lot, a lot of velocity. Yeah. And, you know, they're using their head. But even that, this is where the science is good on that. Even on that, people associate with that. It turns out when the statistics of science is done, that most of the concussions are the head coming in contact with the ground. Mm-hmm. The oh, on the ground? Or, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Is, it, that's the kind of evidence yeah. and facts I want to see more of in the development of this. But you know, Gary, another doc, uh, I mean, another dad who's also a doc said that also kids are smart. When they don't have pads on here and pads on there, they know when they bang into another guy, it hurts. So you, you, you want to get the ball, but you don't want to get the guy. You just want no, the ball. And then the, yeah. with good coaching, mm-hmm. like Vince said, you get the rules the same. The co- better coaches are going to figure out the right angle of attack, the right angle of approach, how to do this, how to do that. They're going to give the advantage that yeah. way as long as they're all you know, at the same level. That, that one thing I want to point out, though, that uh, it's really a treat to have Vince here because you know, I met lots of people in my life and everything, but when it comes to coaching, Vince's top drawer, and I wish the whole UH athletic department uh, would consider changing the paradigm at, mm. at UH to put the emphasis on graduation rates. Vince had the number one graduation rate nationally for Wahine basketball. Yeah. That's astounding, and that's what Hawaii. Winning games is also good, coach. But that you know, don't get me wrong. That's astounding. But at the end of the day, besides the win-loss rate, the parents are so appreciative, and and the students ultimately be so appreciate appreciative that they went and Mm. had a coach like Vince saw them through. You follow the rules, you'll get your degree, and they did. And I think the athletics and the winning will come right behind that, but at a whole different level. That's a good point. I mean, Coach, it must have been great and it must still be when you when you see a parent of a kid that you coached and they said, hey, Coach, you did a great job. My, my kid's this and my dad. I'm a grandpa now and, you know, that was a great thing. But I think it's important to realize that a coach and a trainer and a team doctor and a parent and a DOE, they have to know the stats. They have to know about how many of these injuries – it's just a, it's, it's an ongoing fact that a lot of people are going to get hurt. And what can we do to stop that, if to the, help it? If the information is out there mm-hmm. and coaches go contrary to it, mm-hmm. they're going to have to answer to some people. Mm-hmm. right? If a, if a parent comes and says, hey, this is the research. Why is my daughter playing? Why are you putting him back, her mm-hmm. back in the game? then we're, we, you need to be held accountable. Gary, how do some of the things that have come up in the neuro huddle and some of the other things uh, have, there is a framework of practice for this now. You've got a whole bunch of things that are supposed to take care, supposed to take case. When somebody's had this, what, what, what the management is like with regards to what a kid's got to come out and more important, a kid's got to qualify before they can go back in. No, and all that uh, from our last... Uh uh, meeting and just to coaches uh, uh, are the uh, training for the uh, athletic uh, trainers. It's showing that there's the hard, fast rules are, are blending and bending a little bit, and it, it's individuals as well when they're ready to go back. And the hard protocols of do this or do do that 
aren't always true, and it's a blending of the two. You don't want to keep a kid away from stimulation completely. You want to keep them involved somewhat socially, uh, and then finally athletically, they, when they can come in, the worst uh, thing that can happen is be recovering from concussion number one and get another mm. concussion. So that's the main thing. But as we go forward, it's this constant research and constant education that's going on nationally, this discussion that's making it better. But, you know, I'm of the opinion uh, that, you know, if the three of us were in charge of football here this and we decided that, hey, we think it's in the interest of Hawaii, and Hawaii can be in the vanguard league nationally. Let's have practice without helmets. Get mm-hmm. the best. Everybody, same rules, got to compete. No helmets, only in the game, and no head-to-head contact in the game, intentional, no sparing, whatever. And if we see our concussions at the end of the year be 5% of yeah, what they yeah. were before, why would that How's the NFL? How's all the school districts nationally yeah. going to ignore that? Yeah, that's Parents a great point. Say, why not? Yeah. Why why yeah. waste your kids' brains mm. for entertainment? It's not why. It's you you not know, right. but but I think it also comes part and parcel. And and coach, maybe you can explain to the listeners the pressure on the ADs or on the athletic departments in in colleges, where a good part of money it takes to train these kids, to get them fed, to get them to compete, to give out scholarships, to travel and to win games because winning means you get a bigger share of the gate. You get the, you know, you get the, in the case of a, uh, you go to a bowl game, you get big, big bucks. The, the striving is always going to be there, but if they're on a level playing field, maybe the injuries won't be part at the same part. Yeah. Put them on a level playing field. Cause mm-hmm. I've heard this so many times, athletic directors, when they hire a new coach, they, they would say, you know, winning isn't yeah. everything. But show me a coach who has a 100% graduation rate mm-hmm. and wins just 500, 50% of their games. Yeah, yeah. They're Where will get that fired. coach be? They're going to get fired. Yeah. Yeah, but but you then know, you show me, a, show me a coach that wins 98% and has a 10% graduation rate. They're going to keep their job. Good They're going to keep yeah, their job. Yeah. That's the pressure. And I know that these things can change. It's going to take an awful long time to do that. But, Gary, that must be the light at the end of the tunnel. I I think that, once again, people have to know, since you started this and since you've had all of these other people come in, that you've got people from the hospitals, you've got doctors, you've got trainers, you've got coaches, you've got a lot of people that are saying, wow, I had no idea the problem was this big. How 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 can I help? What can I do? Oh, that's where I no. We're going to hold the line. It's just like anything else. But once I've decided, you know, this is worthwhile. The policy is important, and we just put our minds to it. We don't quit. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to quit. And so, and I'm very confident with the caliber of research that, you know, Bob Stein, the guys are doing out of Boston University, and the research, uh, Swartz, they're they're doing with the. Uh, tackle without involving the helmet. It's moving in the right direction, and we're in this for the long haul, not the short haul. Yeah, and you know, it, this is a, a real, excuse the expression, a team effort. That's why we've often said Team Gallagher is, is after, you know, really chasing down people that have done bad by each other, but more importantly, to prevent some of it up front. If you're interested in what you've been hearing with Coach Vince Gu and Gary Gallagher, today, you're going to want to get a copy of this brain health and sports injury just to see how many different stats are being kept, what sort of is the outcome, and how does all of this material get processed. And I I wouldn't think, Gary, that you could go anywhere near the accomplishments that we're heading at right now if it weren't for technology, for equipment, and for some of the things that you could maybe recap 
to measure what's happening to a kid, and more importantly, to the practitioners who are going to take a look at what it's measuring and then act on it? Oh, no. We have, you know, all the great work that's been done at the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program up at UH by, you know, uh, Nathan Murata and Ross Oshiro and Troy uh, Fototani, that their research has documented this. The state has had the wisdom and foresight to sponsor this. And it's traumatic brain injury. Is in, in a broad definition, it's just not football or sports. It also involves uh, the research money goes towards strokes and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and how we manage those. And, and so it's, it's a whole community involved yeah. in this. But it's the idea that we can, for entertainment, have a super high risk of brain injury when we yeah. know about it. Well, and I'm, that's I'm what concerned. we're trying to change. And, but the technology of accelerometers mm-hmm. going in the helmets, getting smaller, cheaper, and more research mm-hmm. available, that's where it's headed. And I am hopeful we'll get that correlated with uh, computerized correlation with uh, videography from the sidelines and figure out with the kinesiology what are the direction of the hits, the rotational hits to the head that are more prone to cause the uh, brain injuries and then the, of course the repeated hits over mm-hmm. and over and over again for the chronic traumatic encephalopathy. You know, uh, Coach Gu, we, we, we know that we all get hurt. Everybody can remember when they banged their head on the wall or they fell down or they passed out and they think what's the matter with me? But you could, wouldn't you really have to magnify that, those numbers, and the instances of real athletes getting hurt is way, way more prevalent than, than one would even imagine. Well, yeah, you, you get a little, we call it nicks. Mm-hmm. You know, a nick little here, dings a nick there. Nicks, yeah, yeah. Little dings. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, a hundred dings mm-hmm. is probably, I think, a lot more dangerous than getting a katouche. Yeah, and that's, that, Gary, isn't that in, in, in real in in the basics, the the small ones that accumulate over a long period of time in the long run must be more damaging than the three or four oh, yeah, times that you got knocked that, out. No, that's what all the yeah. current research yeah. is pointing out, and that's what all the autopsies on the NFL players are show, showing. And it's now just spreading this knowledge mm-hmm. because it was NFL was in denial, or at least public denial, about the causal relationship. And now, but they knew. Scientists. They knew. No yeah. question yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. They knew, but they mm-hmm. were making big money on mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and they're still to this day attacking people trying to honestly research it mm-hmm. so it's shameful what they do mm-hmm. but you know that's the nature of our system and mm-hmm. some people are in it for just the money and that's wh- what gets revealed well you know when you talked earlier in the program and in previous programs that most of this wasn't revealed until somebody died and now we're looking at it wouldn't also you think that somebody would say okay Okay, this is how all of this stuff is happening, and this is how some people die, but what can we do now that somebody's been injured? Because from what you've said, the the horrible part about what we're talking about here is most of this damage is irreversible. Once it happens, it happens. You can't take a brain that's been knocked around a few times and fix it. No, it's true. It's absolutely tragic, and someone who's given up their whole life and career and tried so hard... Uh, to achieve, you know, success mm. in their profession, only to find out that they paid the ultimate sacrifice. Their brain has been so injured that they can't keep a family together, they can't keep a career together, and uh, and suicides are definitely associated mm. with it. That that's their best option. It's tragic. Mm. Yeah, and you know, Coach, I I know that we go back a, a, 
and, and take a look at all the things that you've done. And I would imagine that, you know, when you see this information becoming available, that it comes as a godsend, as, hey, wow. I mean, we a lot of us thought this, but now here's stats, here's 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 numbers, here's things that mean something, and here's how we can tell a, a, an AD or a kid or a parent of a kid, this is why we're doing this, because. Right, and, uh, you know, it, everything is prevention. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Gary is doing now. They they're got, they got guidelines, they got research mm-hmm. for prevention. You take all of these kids who play Pop Warner, how many of them are going to make it into the big money into the NFL? Very small it is a, percentage. such a small percentage. So are you as a yeah. parent mm-hmm. willing to risk your child's mm-hmm. brain mm-hmm. to get to that level which they probably won't? You know, I would think that if you're working hard, Gary, one of us would think, well, okay, if if little Mikey is a good football player, what if he can think? What if he can get a scholarship? What if he can get a, a scholastic scholarship instead of an athletic scholarship? What, he can, what, if, what, what is this kid going to be instead of somebody that gets burned out? Well, I would, I would prefer to change the game. A little Mikey can ha- get an athletic scholarship in football, but it's safe enough that it's a reasonable risk. Mm-hmm. I want that. Yeah. I want all the sports to be that way. Just bring science and see what it is and let it find its way at the end. Look at with Hollywood camera work and music and the wonderful entertainment they have mm-hmm. jumping around mm-hmm. to the songs and the music. I'm going to watch and everybody's yeah. going to watch. And they can make, you know, a tackle 10 years from now, artful, that's capoeira, bring them down. Stop them, or however it gets modified, and it's still going to be fun. They yeah. don't have to leave brain cells in the trail. We talked a little bit, uh, Coach Gu, a while ago about a game like the Pro Bowl or like an All Star game where people don't get hurt. And you brought up something interesting in the last program, and that was that's because they're not paying them enough money to play that game to risk next year. So they're not going to go out and run a hundred percent and tackle a hundred percent. They're the, gonna they're gonna take it easy. They're gonna cruise the NBA All Star game. Yeah, that's why they score 150 points each. Yeah, because nobody plays no defense. defense. Yeah, no one wants to take someone else's mm-hmm. career mm-hmm. out from under them. Mm-hmm. You know, by playing defense and and getting them hurt and losing their multi million dollar contract. I, I can remember when they had stats out about the Pro Bowl before, where the um, with the winning team everybody gets fifty thousand, right, mm-hmm. and the losing team everybody gets like twenty five thousand. And in actual fact, these guys are, it's $100,000 or more a game during the season. So they're not going to put themselves on the line. But isn't that sort of showing that the, the league has created a bunch of selfish, you know, rock stars out of some of their players because of the big money? Well, you look at the NBA All-Star Game, the mm-hmm. NFL Pro Bowl, it sells out every year, yeah. right? And that's not real football. That's mm-hmm. not real basketball. But... It's, it's what Gary said. It's the spectacle. Yeah, exactly. So if you, you, know. you modify the sports in, uh, that are having a lot of concussions, mm. people will still come with and spend the entertainment dollar. Even yeah. if that modification. No, no, I think it's rules. for the celebrity. It's our chance when they come to Hawaii, you get to be around, see those actual players mm-hmm. you only see on TV. I mean, mm-hmm. That'll still be there. Yeah, they can it, make all yeah. that we, we want that Pro Bowl back, by the way. If you guys are listening, we want you to come back because we do so love it. But the fact of the matter is that what you say is sort of right. People have come to not expect the big 
Vince Gukatushas, right, in the in the Pro Bowl. But they, they like to see the guy with his helmet off on the sidelines being interviewed on TV and with his family enjoying the beach yeah. and all of the stuff that that brings. Yeah, you, don't, uh, you don't see the billionaire owners coming on halftime doing the head-on, head-on no. Katush, do you? No, no, no. no they, they yeah. pay the guys down there. They scrape mm-hmm. off their boots mm-hmm. for free. <laughs> yeah, and, and the unfortunate thing, uh, Coach Vince, uh, Goo, before we sort of end up this episode of the show, is that, you know, you can say all of these things, but still these kids, you know, they want a role model, and it's quite often the role model of these very guys that we're talking about that are the big hitters. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Gary Gallagher can go out and, and talk about all of this. Mm-hmm. I can talk about it. You can. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these the parents need to be educated by people who have, have firsthand knowledge who have been through it and uh, relate their stories. And, hey, this is what happened to my dad. He played this. He played that. This mm-hmm. is what happened to him. And, and real life stories, and I think that that will make a determine no, a lot. Um, I'll tell you right now, you know, I've I've got this thing for the helmet companies because they're pretty pilau because they pretend it's safe. I want to talk to the parents who've seen the kid at Pop Warner get mm. whacked mm. and really get a problem. I want to talk to the parent of the kids uh, that top drawer student and you know making their way by college scholarship. And their helmet. Mm. I have the same kid. I have the same helmet in high school and college, and having problems thinking. Yeah, and yeah that's, and I, that's, that's, that's that's the case. Yeah, that's, that's the, the case. pebble in the pond. That is this this loop goes out. So I, I hope that that some of you parents and grandparents and coaches and trainers and doctors and spectators are getting something out of this. I want to tell you that the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow right now uh, at the Gallagher firm is this book this booklet that's been put together to really give you a bird's eye view of what's going on in the brain health and sports injury business. There's a lot of stuff that's being done. There's a lot of stuff more that can be done. And every now and again, just your input. If you have a little anecdote or a little something that you think that somebody in the Gallagher office would be interested in, share it. You can get on, you know, and send an email. You can go to GallagherLaw.com because it, it's going to take a whole village here. I mean, everybody's got together and and keep the same level of ex- expected, uh, you know, excitement connected to sports, but mellow it out a little bit so that, that we don't lose too many people. Uh, so if you've learned something and if you want to learn more, I hope that, uh, you, that you're the person. Uh, what, we, what we really want is we want you to think of this as a, a sort of a public service announcement. Even though you know uh, Gallagher, D. Robertus, and Waxman is a litigating attorney uh, fee company, and their team is, I mean, par excellence, but they've been in business for over 35 years doing this. But it's only now through the Gallagher Foundation and, and people like Vince Gu and some of the doctors and some of the practitioners can see the fruit at the end of the rainbow, Gary. So that's, uh, that's really terrific. And I do know that, that no matter how little a contribution somebody thinks they can make, that your people will be like hungry birds in a nest. If there's somebody out there that's got a little anecdote or a little story that might help in some of this, bring it on. He's no, nodding like this was I'm television. I'm nodding. This is TV. You didn't see my smile. I was smiling. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're the yeah. DJ. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, how to yeah, make yeah. it come alive. Anyway, gang, look, this is uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And Coach Vince Koo, we want to thank you again for joining us today and, and wish you continued success. And we know that we're going to see you around this coach's table because you, you got, you've got the bug now, don't you? Well, I, I like, like your effort, yeah. the effort from both of you guys. And um, this is just, you know, basically for the youth, uh, our youth growing up. 
Come and get the Brain Health and Sports yep. Injury brochure. It's free. You're going to see more of this stuff coming out. It's all at GallagherLaw.com. So for Coach Vince Gu and, of course, uh, Gary Gallagher, I'm Mike Buck. Thank you so much for listening today. We'll see you next time. In the meantime, check it out at GallagherLaw.com. That's Gallagher, G-A-L-I-H-E-R, Law.com. See you next time. Well, that's our program for today, and we certainly hope you'll come back next week for our next episode. In the meanwhile, to learn more about Team Gallagher, log on to GallagherLaw.com. That's G-A-L-I-H-E-R-Law.com.